entrepreneurs, listen in as we speak with Neil Simpson to hear his impact in the growth of Lighthouse Coffee and Wine. Lighthouse has positioned itself to be a light to others fostering an inclusive environment. Neil's unique perspective on developing relationships that matter in a competitive market has been vital in the growth and success of the business. What up, Venturing Out listeners? Welcome back to another podcast. I'm your co-host, Shane Trevino. And I'm your other co-host, Kelly Carr, and we're here with Neil Simpson, and he is the general manager of Lighthouse, so he's going to take us through his journey with Lighthouse. How are you doing today, Neil? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, I know. It's fantastic that we had the opportunity to bring you here. I know that I'm a really big fan of Lighthouse. I go there and study (laughs) quite often. I could say maybe like during finals last week, I was there almost every other day, if not every day. Sure. But uh, so just so our listeners get to know a little bit better idea of who you are, Neil, tell us, you know, kind of about just yourself. Okay. So I, um, I've been the general manager of Lighthouse Coffee and Wine since March of 2020. Literally took over the day we shut down for COVID, which was kind of a stretch. Uh, we had an interesting way to start a, a prospect of a business, but um, that's okay. My background is in the military and in retail management. So I spent nine years in the Marine Corps as an infantry officer and then four and a half years as a store manager for Macy's. So I did the big box retail thing for a while. I was even a restaurant manager for a while at Outback Steakhouse. And I kind of fell into Lighthouse accidentally, um, but it's, it's been a really interesting journey so far. Yeah, so you were in the military, you were in retail, and then what kind of made you fall into being within like the food market? I, uh, I fell back into food when I moved back from the West Coast and I needed a place to start over. Uh, my cousin actually lives outside of Waco and he invited me to come stay with him and get back on my feet and figure out what I was going to do next. And I honestly thought I'd be there for about six weeks. And it's been almost six years now that I've been in Waco. So okay. <laughs> it's got its hold on me now. Where uh, on the West Coast? I was in California and Oregon. Um, I'm from Oregon. Okay, nice. Yeah. Where are we in, in Oregon? 30 minutes south of Portland. Okay. So. I was in Salem for a while as a store manager at Macy's. And then I took a store in Medford, Oregon. So I did that for, for a few years there. I loved oh, yes. it up there. It's beautiful. Yeah. I miss it. Honestly, I miss it a lot. I do too. Yeah, no, that's definitely a big you know shift from there and then being here in Waco, Texas. So kind of tell us about that adjustment. So I grew up in San Antonio, so I'm not too far away. But when I was going to school, I went to Texas A&M. And uh, Waco Ooh. was kind of a spot on the map that you just stopped in on the way between Dallas and Austin. There wasn't really much going on here. Um, and I'm sure it was a lovely community back then, but there wasn't a lot of life in Waco. There wasn't a lot of new and exciting things going on. There was Baylor, and that was kind of about it. Uh, so fast forward to moving here six years ago, I was really caught off guard by how much positive growth was happening in the Waco area. And, and this community has just flourished over the last few years. And so I think that's what really got a hold of me and made me stay around for a while is I realized there was a lot of growth opportunity here in Waco. Um, so falling into coffee was just kind of an accident. I was a bartender and uh, my boss knew that I had retail management experience and restaurant management experience and he needed a GM for his coffee shop. And he said, hey, I've got a job for you. I think you do well. I'm are you interested? And my first initial uh, blush was no, I'm not really interested. I don't, I was happy managing myself and not really worrying about anyone else. Um, But you know, the universe conspired against me a little bit and got me right back in the leadership where I belong. And so I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. And so I kind of want to go into a little bit more about the origin story of Lighthouse. So I know you'd mentioned you stepped into this role in 2020. Sure. Wow. What a time to get into the food industry then. So kind of just tell us about that experience. Okay. 
Um, so when I took over Lighthouse, there were four employees uh, plus myself, so a total of five. Um, we closed the business down for two months, and basically everyone went home. And when we opened back up two months later, we, we had, I think, three employees that came back and the rest did not. Um, and it was really a, it was a culture shock for me because I had come out of bars and out of restaurants and Lighthouse is a, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's just a really great coffee shop. There are several other things that we do there, but we, you know, our, our meat and potatoes is in coffee. And that was new to me. Um, so it was also interesting working in a small shop dynamic with a smaller team. I'm used to a much larger team. And so uh, it was it was different. It was kind of unusual for me to, to to look at that as an opportunity to develop a smaller team of people to really get to know my customers on a one-on-one basis. Um, for the first time in my life, I was able to have these more intimate relationships with a majority of my guests. Uh, you know, you mentioned before the interview started that, that you're in there all the time, and and I wouldn't be surprised if we run into each other on occasion because I, I get to know a lot of my regular customers. And that's something that's that's uh, different for me that I really appreciate about working in a coffee shop. You get to see some of the same faces over and over again, and um, and you get to see them on a regular basis. So, no, I definitely think that's a really good foundation to lay, especially starting out um, in that entrepreneurial process. Is you know building relationships with those um, customers and understanding, okay, like who your client base is. Right there um so tell us like a little bit more about because lighthouse does not just do coffee i know i go there a lot to get coffee but i know lighthouse kind of has its um hands and some other things within sure. wine alcohol i know y'all do some dinners tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that so we uh, when i took over we were just coffee but we always had wine in the name so we knew that it eventually would be coffee and wine for sure uh, we got our mixed beverage permit, which is our Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission license to sell alcohol of all kinds. Uh, we got that in May of 2020. Uh, and at that point, we brought in craft cocktails. We brought in all the wine. We brought in spirits uh, because we're affiliated with Barnett's Public House, which is the largest whiskey bar in Texas. Uh, we were able to get our hands on some really high-end whiskeys and some really high-end spirits. So if you look at our back bar right now, it does not reflect the nature of a coffee shop. <laughs> it has some. We have some really great selections of really top shelf uh stuff in there uh, that we wouldn't really have access to if we weren't affiliated with Barnett's. Um, we also do, as you mentioned, Friday night dinners. So every Friday, this is a thing we took from Barnett's. They used to go on there every Friday night. We took it away from them during the pandemic. Um, we do a four-course meal every Friday for $25. And it's fine dining casual. So you know the guests come in their casual shorts and t-shirts are fine. Uh, but we elevate the experience and give them kind of a fine dining experience. So it's a four course meal. Uh, there's a chef on site that we bring over from Barnett's. He cooks on our patio. Uh, we plate everything on the counter. We serve it uh, with, with wait staff. Um, we do a wine and cocktail pairing with that that's optional. And of course we have our full wine selection and full coffee selection available as well. So it's kind of an interesting night to have just a date night opportunity at a coffee shop with windows on three sides in downtown Waco that doesn't have a kitchen. And yet we're able to produce this wonderful meal every Friday. It's a really great experience. Yeah, no, I definitely think for those of you who don't know, Lighthouse is in an awesome location in downtown Waco. I know sometimes when I go down on Sundays after church, you have the farmer's market and everything going on. Uh, How has that also helped like the whole customer we get a pretty good pop of customers from the farmer's market on the weekends. Uh, it doesn't always correlate directly. Uh, sometimes the farmer's market will be very busy and we will see 
just a few people come in. Uh, but other times, it's the farmer's market could be dead and we'll be packed to the gills. Uh, so it's not always a direct one-to-one correlation, but we certainly see business from that. Uh, we had a lot of guests that park their cars on the north side, or excuse me, the south side of our parking lot uh, adjacent to our building, and they'll walk in front of our building to go to the farmer's market, and oftentimes they'll stop in and grab a drink on the way. Yeah. So we, see, we do see the foot traffic pick up pretty well right. from there. So, Neil, I kind of want to go back a little bit because we were talking about, you know, Lighthouse, it's a coffee place, but you also do other things, right? And you as the GM, was that kind of something that was always in the works when making those initial kind of plans that, hey, we do want to add this, right? Or was that something that kind of developed over time? That's actually a really great question. That was totally developing. Um, like I mentioned before, coffee and wine was always in the name, but that's initially where it was going to stop. We were going to serve wine by the glass, we were going to serve coffee, and that was going to be kind of it. Um, the dinners got added as a, as a layer on because of the pandemic. Uh, we could no longer, Barnett's wasn't open at the time. They had to stay closed longer because they were a bar and not a restaurant. And so when all the restaurants opened back up again, the bars were still closed for a couple of extra months. So we had this great dinner thing that was going on at Barnett's regularly that we had a bunch of regular clientele for that really enjoyed it and no place to host it. So just on a whim, we moved it to Lighthouse just to see if we can make it work. We didn't know how it was going to work without a kitchen on site. We didn't know how it was going to work with a limited capacity for seating. We, it, we took a gamble. And the risk paid off because we found that most of the guests actually preferred having the event at Lighthouse. It's a better, it's a better venue for a little fine dining event. Um, there's not as much uh, commotion. The, the lighting's better. There's windows on three sides. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a better view, a better vibe. Uh, whereas in Barnett's, it can be a little dank and dusky because it's, it's a bar. Uh, and so it just it, it worked out well. It was a nice gamble that paid off. And now we, we love having that event over there. Uh, so that was one thing that we added that was just kind of a risk that we took. Uh, then the next thing was the craft cocktail side. We wanted to do wine for sure, and wine and beer is its own special license in the alcohol world. Uh, but mixed beverage, which includes alcoholic spirits, is a totally different license. And as it happened to be, when we were applying for the license for beer and wine, uh, it looked like they had loosened some of the regulations and made it almost as easy to get the mixed beverage permit as it was to get beer and wine only. And so my boss decided, hey, if we're gonna, if it's going to be just about the same cost and about the same level of um, difficulty to get the license, we might as well go for the whole thing. So we layered that in kind of in hopes that someday we would build some sort of cocktail program. Uh, as it turns out, I have a background in cocktails uh, from working at Barnett's right. and it, as a mixologist. And so it was just the timing worked out really well when we brought the mixed beverage permit in uh, for me to be there taking over Lighthouse. And I was able to bring some some craft cocktails to that world. And so uh, it, was, it just opened a whole bunch of doors for us, which allowed us to really develop a menu there that we've, we've really come to appreciate. We've got some signature cocktails that are based on espresso, which, of course, ties back into coffee. We've got a whole series of uh, old and new classics that we feature. Uh, with a rotating list of seasonal cocktails and so we get a chance to really dive into the mixology side of things uh, not just the wine and beer and it's it's really cool it's been a great experience so far right yeah that's awesome it sounds like y'all have had a lot of success expanding and so i'm curious did you have any things that didn't work out that you tried oh that's a good question um Kind of along the same lines, we've had some things that, that worked that worked for a, a period of time and haven't worked for the whole time. Um, we had a guest chef that we worked with for about a year uh, who would come in on these Thursday night dinners once a month. 
and we called it the Six at Six, and it was six courses at 6 p.m. Uh, it was this beautiful event. It was we're talking white tablecloths. Uh, all stops were pulled out. It was definitely a fine dining experience, and that, those events worked really, really well while we had them. But then the chef moved, and we didn't have another chef that was interested in, in filling that gap. And so what we found is the the event itself kind of came to a natural conclusion. So while it worked at the time, it's not something we would necessarily pick up and try right, again. Right, right. Yes. Uh, it just it worked for the time that we had it for. Um, same was on other things that have worked well. Uh, when I've had a full up trained staff of bartenders that were that were seasoned in the position, we've done rotating cocktail menus, seasonal cocktail menus, where the bartenders will suggest a cocktail recipe. We'll vet it. We'll come up to it. We'll we'll solidify it together. And then we'll put it on the dry erase board or the chalkboard behind the, the bar, and we'll make that a rotating menu. Uh, that works really well when you have a group of established bartenders. Uh, right now, I have one established bartender, <laughs> and I have several that are brand new to the whole industry uh, that have never done anything like this before, and they're still in their training process. So in a, uh, something like that, where we would design a menu based on the individual bartender selections, wouldn't work today like it would have worked six months ago. But that's not to say that it won't work six, from, six months from now. Uh, that's one of the beauties of having uh, the, in the the food industry and the hospitality industry in general. It's it's a beauty and a curse, right? Because the curse is that you have to train your staff all the time. The benefit is that you're always getting fresh faces, and so there's always new opportunities to develop a team to do something new and exciting. And who knows where we're going to be six months from now? I could have the exact team I have now, and they could all flourish and do really amazing things. And if that's the case, who knows what we're going to be having on the menu in the next few months? So it could work out really well. Yeah, and um, I think no, I think that's really cool. And a good staff is super important to you know ultimate business success. And I know that you and your team have been doing a really good job at training them there. Um, so speaking of like you know the company, what is a little bit like? How would you explain the culture there at Lighthouse? Ooh. Well, this is another opportunity for to talk about. Um, the amount of impact you can have as an individual on a, on a small business. Um, my boss owns the business and he turned over the keys to me and he said, Neil, you make this yours. Do whatever the heck you want to do with it. And as long as it's successful, if I don't like something, I'll tell you. But he said, as long as you're doing, you're going in the right direction, you've got carte blanche to do whatever you want. That was a huge opportunity for me because... I have a vision for this coffee shop that, that, that I wanted as soon as I took over, and I didn't know if I was going to have the opportunity to develop that vision or not. And when my boss handed me the keys and said, do what you want, it gave me this, this huge platform to, to jump in and, and develop a culture that I wanted, a culture that I think was needed in Waco. Um, you know, coffee shops have a are traditionally more on the liberal side of things, uh, not necessarily politics, but socially and culturally, uh, that just kind of tends to be what gravitates towards that. And yeah, Waco is, of course, not. Uh, Waco is culturally very conservative, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that either. Um, but it's nice to have a place where you can bend the rules a little bit and, yeah. and create a safe space, even amongst a, a, a more dynamic or diverse community. Uh, you, can, you can create that diversity within your business. And so what I looked at with Lighthouse was an opportunity to create a safe space that was inclusive for everybody, uh, something that I think Waco needed. 
Uh Yeah, no, Neil, I think that's super important, you know, when running a business is to identify who your audience is. So that's good you're able to do that very early on. So we picked that up and we said, this is what we want. We knew our demographics from looking at social media. You know, we we can see our Instagram business profile tells us that 75% of my customers are female between the ages of 18 and 34. Uh, But then there's also this this huge... um, diverse community of, of Waco, Wacoans that need a space that they feel safe and comfortable meeting in. And it can range from uh, from a small group having a Bible study to a group of uh, LGBTQ individuals who want a safe place just to come and gather and everything in between, right? So we can we can have this, this unique environment where everyone feels welcome and open uh, and they feel safe to come in and have a, a cup of coffee or a cocktail. And I think that was needed in Waco and I, I hired a team that... M- mirrored that diversity that I was looking for uh, initially and so at one point I think we had the most for lack of a better term the gayest coffee shop in Waco just based on our, di- our diversity and our staff um, and that, that put us out there as a place that was safe for everybody uh, and then over the time of course that staff has evolved and changed and it's completely different now than it was then um, but we still create this, this unique environment where everyone feels welcome and it, it allows us to be kind of this beacon of light, for lack of a better term, uh, not to be too corny with Lighthouse in the name, but you know, it is that we are kind of a beacon of light for a safe place for people to meet, gather. And, uh, and that's really cool to me. It's nice to No, I mean, the Lighthouse, and that was something too that I wanted to get uh, talk about was the name of Lighthouse. And like you said, so the reason kind of that came about was like being a beacon of light for people. I'm not sure if that's how it came about or not because I wasn't present when it was uh, when it was named, but that's what I interpreted it as. And that's the beauty of being able to take over a, a small business, whether you're an entrepreneur or just a, a new manager who has your chance to put your fingerprint on things. You can make it mean whatever you want to make it. And so I looked at it as an opportunity to be a beacon of light, and that's what we use it as. And you know, we're welcoming to all people, uh, and we have we have groups that, that gather from all different faiths and all different uh, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds. Uh, we have people that meet. I've, one of the beauties of Lighthouse is their large table format. Uh, we have three small tables and three large tables and then a bar on the window. Um, those large tables absolutely garner friendships over just you know the bond of being at a table with someone you don't know. And I've watched friendships develop. I've watched people that uh, didn't know each other at all, that sit on opposite ends of a table, and over the course of several hours of studying or working, uh, will get to know one another. Maybe they share a, a bond over a drink they have or something like that. And next thing you know, they're exchanging phone numbers and they become friends. And I've watched these friendships develop where there's actually people that have been in other people's weddings as a result of meeting their friend at Lighthouse. And that's really cool to me. Yeah, uh, I that's think a, that's super it's a great, a great opportunity to watch someone and meet a new friend, you know. I think it's really neat. Yeah. 